becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger straight around the corner. It's a dream that you to make real. Passing note of a song. That wasn't. <laughs> All, right. All right. Cheers. To the shores. To the shores. 2023. Hmm. Yeah, you just released like tons of episodes. Yeah, I got behind putting episodes out, so I released like eight over the last couple of weeks. Um, even though <clears throat> we record once a week. Mm-hmm. I just just putting them out. It's, it's <laughs> for some reason it's really hard. And, um, but I'm pretty proud of us. This is episode 143. Mm-hmm. We started 2022 with episode 100. So yeah. we did 42 episodes last year. Um, and a lot of people start podcasts and don't ever put out the first episode. <laughs> for some reason <laughs> so, it's that like it's publishing it. There's like a, there's a lot of resistance that comes with that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of resistance even just getting to the podcast itself. And then, then you have to do the post show. Luckily you're a musician. So, you know, all the, <laughs> all of the, the gimmicks behind what you do. <laughs> gimmicks. Yeah. <laughs> They're not gimmicks. No. no. Oh. A gimmick is like fake. Something that's fake. No, no. The gimmicks. The gimmicks. Yeah. You look like you got all these like wiggly bars over there. And <laughs> <laughs> but it's just fake. It's just fake. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. It just makes it look like it's all hard yeah <laughs> well it's funny because like once you've once you dial in our, our our voices it's sort of a it's like i remember i tried to do that i was doing some playing around with it or something like that and i was trying to dial it in i was like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not gimmicks it's actual yeah getting stuff. the podcast to sound good that, that is also fairly difficult but yeah. I think we've kind of got it. Mm-hmm. I feel pleased with the way that it sounds. Once well, it, it's once mostly it you out. because I'd be like, ah, yeah, whatever. It's yeah. close. That's my voice. That's Matt's voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. I need to tweak the audio. <laughs> Speaking of audio. Well, <laughs> okay. You were a little louder than me in my ear headphones. Oh yeah. Um, so 2023, so you how do you qu- feel? Quash me? What are, no, <laughs> I just, I need, it, it, good conversation needs to have balance, Michael. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just too powerful. That's yeah, all. your voice is too powerful, too deep, too, too manly. Deep. Yeah. Yeah, so we did uh, 43 episodes, 42 episodes. 42 episodes, yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's hard for me to remember all the stuff that we've gone through. I know we just kind of uh, did a little cursory overview, and... uh I don't know. A lot has happened. Like there's some things that when we were talking, I totally forgotten like the whole Luna collapse in May. I thought that was almost two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) That was crazy. That was crazy. Crypto people out there. (laughs) But there's been so many significant things that happened in 2022. It's, it's been pretty, uh, I think it's hard to, I mean, I just in the crypto world, you know, it's like you have everything from Luna to three arrows to FTX Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. Uh, multiple of our little things, but those were, those were huge things. Um, and those are a lot of things with the economy and inflation and, uh, Twitter, uh, that's something we've covered in in a lot of the episodes. So it just seems like there's, it's like well, at some point you wanted to just kind of mellow out, but then you read me that, um, thing from uh if you're born in the 1900s and how many millions of people died and going yeah. through the spanish flu and I was right. like, it's like oh wow <laughs> maybe we could run down that really quick yeah somebody made the point that if you were born in 1900 and they kind of i don't remember the exact dates of the things but it's like when you're 14 world war one hits and like 50 million people die and then there's the spanish flu and then there's world war ii and then there's the korean war vietnam war cuban missile crisis cold war uh, so like a lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot happened in the last century. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we almost have a kind of good, I mean, I was, I was born in the seventies and you know, we really, I mean, we've had the Iraq war, but it's mostly smaller skirmishes that we've had since then. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing on a global scale, <clears throat> even compared to, I think maybe even compared to the Spanish flu, COVID wasn't as, as intense as that was. I don't think so. No. Yeah. It could be, it could be wrong, but, uh, when thinking back over 2022, do, 
are there any podcast episodes hmm. that stand out to you from our podcast? From our podcast? Yeah. Um, that's hard to say because, you know, you and I, I, I don't listen to them as much. Like I'll have, I'll go through a spurt like this last two weeks. I'll listen to a whole bunch of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly, it's so funny just to pat ourselves on the back. I mostly like when I go back to listen to our podcast, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, that's cool. And I'm always also wondering if I'm actually going to land my thought. Mm. <laughs> like you're so succinct in the way that you say things. And then I'm always on a knife's edge. Like, am I going to land this? And I was the one who, you know, I was the one who said it too. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> so that's, that was always something that that's what happens on the shores. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just bring in dealing in ignorance. <laughs> Is he going to stick this one? Oh yeah. no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> Well, I had two, just skimming back through the last year's worth of episodes, two that stood out to me that were mm-hmm. memorable. The first one was episode 103. I think it was called Your Conscious Creative Spirit, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> where we kind of talked about the the inherent creative nature of consciousness. Um, that was really inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And then one more recently, I, I don't remember the number, but it's called... Um, uh, as if saying the words will help me know how mm. we talked about forgiveness and, uh, the title of that episode is a, a line from a Marcus Mumford song. Mm. I really enjoyed those two conversations. Yeah, that was good. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoy all of our conversations, <laughs> but those felt meaningful to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned so much every time I go back and listen to one of our episodes. I think that's something that, cause as we're on this podcast a lot of it is is we're trying to work out what we think about things and we don't know if you know if if that thought or that idea is going to stick or where it's going to go right and so i feel like for me when i go back and listen to it i kind of get to see more the uh progression of those thoughts Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just it's really helpful for me to to listen to I, I actually learned from our podcast yeah uh, well that's an interesting <clears throat> observation because i think it i think that conversation helps you figure out what you think about things mm-hmm. often you don't know what you think about things until you attempt to articulate them so there's something even revelatory it isn't as though we have some set of knowledge between us in our two heads and we're sharing that back and forth mm-hmm the whole process of discourse is revelatory Hmm. of, of you you're like, Oh wow. I didn't know that I knew that, or I didn't know that I thought that. Mm -hmm. And so even the, the act of listening to yourself can be insightful. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, um, I was reading about, uh, it was a Jesus in front of the Pharisees, and they're wanting him to recount like what he was saying. And, and he basically said, I spoke publicly about all these things. I said nothing in secret. And there was something about that that kind of hit me this last week was just, you know, whenever you do speak out loud and in the public, there's sort of an accountability that comes that, you know, when you're off doing secret things, you kind of get lost in a bubble of your own thoughts and ideas but when you're speaking publicly, it's out there for people to judge mm-hmm. and to encounter. And uh, there was something that really hit me about that in a, with our podcast, too, is being able to speak out and publicly that there's a sort of like an accountability that's with, that kind of comes with that, um, with your thoughts. Yeah. And uh, mostly in like, because I mean, it's something that's we, this year and a lot of things that we've talked about you know, especially you and I just personally, just financially and stuff like that. Um, being able to put those thoughts and ideas into action and something to come from them, you know, some sort of, it's not just about thinking, it's about thinking leading to some sort of action or doing. So I think that's something with our, um, our podcast that has kind of always inspired me is, you know, it's like, it's not just about having deep thoughts. It's about how does that look in the world and how do we act that out? Um, Well, I've noticed a difference in myself over the last couple of years since we've been doing this podcast. I feel like it's changed me. It's made me a better person Mm. or more um, courageous and effective communicator at least. Mm Mm-hmm. 
this like weekly practice of trying to say what you think mm-hmm. publicly. Yeah. So we've, we started this podcast in 2019. So we're going on year five now, mm-hmm. which is really cool. The first year we, we weren't doing it weekly. We were doing it sort of whenever we felt like. So I think there was only maybe 10 episodes by the time we got to 2020. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to start doing it weekly and we've been doing it that ever since. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed a lot of the guests we've had over the years. You know, it's fun having your dad on and mm-hmm. uh, we still haven't had your mom on. We still need to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to talk through some podcast goals for this year? Yeah, that sounds good. I think having more guests on would be great. Mm-hmm. It'd be a, a really good thing to do. Yeah. Or even I was thinking about with like Joe Rogan and he just had his friends on, you know, and talking right. like maybe just inviting some people that we just have conversation with, you know, not necessarily having a, uh, a topic or an agenda mm. with the, with the conversation, but that might be kind of fun. Well, I mean, in general, we don't really have a topic or agenda before <laughs> we sit down to do this, <laughs> but the conversation Shh, goes somewhere that. anyway, you know, <laughs> that's so true. So maybe we don't try to change the format too much. Just enjoy, invite more voices to the conversation. Yeah. I'd like to have Allison on more. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it when she comes on. Yeah. I kind of like her too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where, where this, cause I mean, I think a lot of the things that we've tackled have a lot to do with like, I think with, uh, free speech and being able to speak what's on your mind. And I wonder if there are some other topics or areas that we kind of want to move into. Mm. Um, I mean, we kind of follow a lot of things with business and, financials and um but i think maybe it's where maybe my head is a little bit because i mean in, in the beginning we talked a lot of i mean even mcgillcrest and the mm-hmm. master of the emissary there was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in that that we kind of gleaned from that was really good yeah and uh, i think peterson there's a lot of a lot of peterson stuff and sam harris brett weinstein eric weinstein the intellectual dark web yeah i think we glean a lot from their conversations i think we're intellectual dark web adjacent or the IDWA or the ignorance star web <laughs> <clears throat> ignorance dark web. I like that IDW. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fun. <clears throat> I really like the name of our podcast. I think that's something that's, that's always been really inspiring to me for anyone new, maybe tell, tell the story of why we named it, what we did. Yeah. So the shores of ignorance uh, comes from a quote, uh, as my island of knowledge expands, so do the shores of my ignorance. And there's this idea that, you know, as you're going through life, you're sort of this island is forming from the things you know, your experience, your understanding, and this island starts to kind of grow. But as your island grows also, there's a, there the shores of it that meet the sea are also growing at the same, same time. And so the idea behind the podcast is men have always found ourselves out on the shores, which is sort of like that place in between the known and the unknown. Mm -hmm. The known is the island of which you've kind of created through experience and, and knowledge and understanding. Um, but it's always encountering the unknown, which is the sea, uh, the chaos, um, and the things that challenge (laughs) the existence of your island. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the shores of ignorance is the place where you meet and you kind of, you, you deal and work through that sort of order and chaos and, you know, here's what I understand and challenge it being challenged against, uh, uh, with things that you don't understand. <clears throat> I don't know. What, is there anything that our podcast means to you or the, the, that sort of the shores and the Island and the seas of chaos? Well, we talk about flow state a lot <clears throat> and I think that's a very similar concept. Mm. You're, you're at the, how did you describe that before you're at the ideal sort of intersection between competence and challenge? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the place of the shores too. Mm. You're, you're still on land, but you are at the edge of what you know and understand. And the water is simultaneously threatening the Mm. land, but also like revitalizing it, Mm. bringing new content up. And, 
<laughs> I find that for myself. It's like you say, listening back to our podcast, you feel inspired mm. or I don't know if you use that word, but, yes. um, and I think how that's such an interesting thing to say. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And then I think is, well, is that arrogant of me to feel inspired by <laughs> our own conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't think it is because I think we are, we are discovering things in conversation and mm-hmm. those things don't necessarily become immediately incorporated into the, into the land mass mm. to reference the analogy. Yeah. And so you go back and listen and you reincorporate some of that. And that's a, that's a really good thing. And I always look forward to it. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this podcast is that I think often I feel somewhat nervous at the beginning of it that we're not going to have anything good to say or not know what to talk about. Or Mm -hmm. I often, or sometimes I'll get into a a mental state where I'm listening to myself talk and wondering what it's going to sound like when someone else hears it, you know, Uh do I sound like an idiot? Do I sound... Uh, arrogant? Do I sound, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because people do listen mm. and I've had all kinds of responses from people, you know, everything from, I've had people tell me that they were really inspired that they learned something. And I've also had other people, friends of mine, uh, get really upset at me for mm. what I said on the podcast mm-hmm. and had a friend unfollow me on Twitter over it, <laughs> you know, so the, the, this podcast is going out into the world and doing things and having mm-hmm. effect on people. And so sometimes I get conscious of that when I'm, when we're recording and then, then I almost like lock up, like, I don't know what to say, mm-hmm. you know? So sometimes I'm afraid of that, but almost like, I don't think there's actually been an episode ever where it hasn't happened that by about 10 minutes in, we enter some kind of flow state of mm-hmm. conversation where it goes and I don't have to try very hard and I forget about all of those fears or nerves. And Mm -hmm. by the end of it, I think, God, that felt good. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So good. So it's, yeah, it means it has meant a lot to me to do this and I'm so glad that we're continuing to do it. Or even just the whole part of like having somebody to do this with, you know, I think, you know, there's this in that quote that's kind of always been with me is, is I've always like loved the idea of just going out into the sea and diving as deep as I can and never coming up. Hmm. And there's just the, the the romantic idea behind that is almost kind of like an almost be equivalent to ivory tower, you know, where you're just lost in the chaos and you're, and it's like, so many new things are coming at you all the time that you can't make sense of, but you're just in awe of it, you know? And, and, but there's something about that. Like you can't, you can't be alone in this. Like you need people to, to sort of work through ideas and thoughts to really make sense of the world, like to bounce things off of people and to discuss and challenge each other. Um, so it's like, you know, it's not sustainable to tread water in the ocean <laughs> or to dive deep. You have to come up for air and you have to have rest. Yeah. You have to have sustenance. You know, there's certain practical things that you need to take care of. That analogy is just so profound. Mm-hmm. Like you do, you have to come back up. You have to go back on land and rest and mm-hmm. eat and refill. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you also can't stay there all the time. You have to incorporate new things because the chaos is constantly lapping at the shores and Mm. that's where food comes from. Yeah. It's like the maintenance almost made me kind of think of the, uh, uh, motorcycle maintenance guy, uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Oh, piercing. Yeah. And that, you know, your motorcycle is never in a perfect condition. It's like, it's always needing tuning. It's always needing looking after. And, um, but as you do that and you take it out on the road and you've taken care of your, your machine, you know, it's like, it takes care of you, but it never, it's never an idle state. It's something that has to continually be made maintenance. <clears throat> right. 
you have to take care of your relationship with it mm -hmm. as you maintain it. That's such a good book. Mm. I'd like to read that again. Yeah. Soon. It's been, it's been probably eight or nine years since I've read that. I'm reading another book right now. Uh, I forgot the whole title, but it's called soul craft. Mm. And it's basically another mo motorcycle maintenance guy, mm. um, or mechanic. And it's very similar to that, that, that same idea of, of craft and, um, a lot of what he talked about in, in Zen and the motorcycle maintenance, but it was kind of fun to revisit some of that through this other book. But it's interesting like how, like even whether it's a podcast or a book, it's sort of like there's these people who've encountered the chaos and are bringing it back in some sort of ordered form for you to digest and almost in a safe way. Hmm. You know, whenever I listen to people talk about their experiences, like, you know, the, this morning I was listening to Brett Weinstein and, you know, his whole, uh, encounter at evergreen and, uh, a lot of things that he's gone through and there's Was something on the Joe Rogan podcast. On the Joe Rogan, they, like, they briefly kind of, um, kind of go, go over that. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because he was out in the chaos of this situation and he was able to bring back something, you know, just make it personal to me, something for me to digest and to experience and understand without me having to be in that same situation. Right. And just how much books and people do that for us, you know, whether it be uh, soldiers in war that, you know, wrote a book or band of brothers that kind of brings that story to you hmm. that kind of helps you to experience that, but in a safer way. <laughs> What's that quote? We have thoughts so that our ideas can die instead of us. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's good. It's like, I've, I have a couple of different analogies or, or things that that made me think about one of which is that, Lex Friedman said on his podcast that he feels like he has a lot of best friends that he's never met. Like that's his experience in listening to podcasts because you get to know people. And even though you you're listening, mm. it isn't passive. Like you are engaging in the dialogue as well because you have an inner voice that's responding Yeah, and you get to know those people. And I think it's the same with books. Books allow us to experience things we've never experienced and have dialogue with the heads of the people who wrote them. <clears throat> I had a really interesting experience over the Christmas break. I guess the last time we recorded an episode was before Christmas, right? <coughs> uh -huh. So I went, <clears throat> uh, I went to Breckenridge and got to go skiing. I was staying with my cousin who's about 12 years older than me. And he, has four kids from his first marriage and is now remarried to a woman who has three from her first marriage. And so it was the two of them and their seven kids mm. and the age of these kids ranged from 13 to 28. So they're not all kids, but, um, uh, they're, they're children. Right. And, uh, I was on a ski lift with one of them who was 24. This, uh, young man, my, what is, what's the child of my cousin? Would that be a second cousin? Uh, it's always confused me. Yeah, I me don't too. Know. Um, we were chatting. He asked me how old I was and I said, I'm 40. And he said, well, what kind of advice would you give to me as a 24 year old? Wow. Just him thought, asking that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's crazy that you would ask me that. And also really cool. And I don't know that I have a good answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe that, but <laughs> so what I said was, uh, I said, move your body because it clarifies your mind, mm. write as much as you can because your life is rich and full of experience and you're going to forget a lot of it. And you don't know what you think about things until you try to articulate them. Mm. And so write. And I said, and read as much as you can, because there are friendships, relationships, and knowledge, a wealth of knowledge that you have access to in great books, in so many really important ideas are impossible to express through social media content. You need long form 
you need stories, you need narrative, you need mm. sometimes a thousand pages to get a, to get an idea across. Yeah. You know, like the ideas in Dostoevsky's work, for example, you can't just explain them exactly. You have to go read the story mm. and, but they're good ideas, really important. And that was my advice to him. I, I don't know if that was good advice, but I think I was mostly thinking about what are the things that have really made a difference in my life Hmm. and those three things. And really I only started doing those three things six years ago. Hmm. I mean, I did some of it before, but I got really intentional about it. Hmm. Like I started doing yoga every day and I started writing every day and I started reading a lot more. And, and I think that's all been sort of coincident with this podcast and doing all of that together. I feel like I'm, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm just a much, I feel like a better person than I was six years ago. You know, this is interesting. Um, I think there's a part of it that you and I also uh, egg each other on or are because we're exploring and talking about these ideas I think you and I also know that (laughs) I think it's maybe unsaid, but if we don't practice some of this, that the other will call (laughs) the other one bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I think there's a little bit of like, or get like peer pressure, get left behind. Yeah. Oh, true. Very true. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you're on a a basketball team and you know, your team's really good, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't, if you don't put the hours in, you're on the bench. Yeah. You know, and you're not going to be playing. Mm-hmm. I think there's something in, in a positive way. I think there's that, that in our friendship too. Yeah, sort, right. of, sort of, you're always challenging me with new things and throwing things at me. And I'm like, okay, oh, God, I got to know something <laughs> about this too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a really cool thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I see a lot of, of evidence of that in our relationship. Like, mm-hmm. like you were totally against yoga. <laughs> Oh, my whiskey was going with <laughs> until you hurt your back bad enough, and yeah, you totally. finally agreed to do some advanced <laughs> stretching. But now I feel like you like take you take that a little bit more seriously, and mm-hmm. I think like I got into the breathing thing, and then mm-hmm. you took that to the next level, oh, and then uh, I had to level up, and <laughs> and then you started doing the cold plunges, so I had to get on that level, and. You know, that's so great. I think it's almost like you're like, Oh no, Matt just leveled up. How do you level up (laughs) (laughs) past him? And then you you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it's been the same with, with stocks and crypto. And it's Mm -hmm. been the same really just with, um, our financial aspirations, reading in general, Mm -hmm. research in general. Um, I think that's been a really, that's, that's been a really positive thing. I, think in both of our lives. Well, I was also thinking about our relationship and, you know, thinking of Elia going off this next year and <clears throat> just been, I think I mentioned this on another one of the podcasts, but, but thinking about the things I really want to impart to her, mm-hmm. maybe even more intentionally, like verbally impart to her. And like, that's what I want for her is to have a friendship like ours, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. or a friend group. Cause I mean, you know, even, you know, you, me, Charlie, Allison, you know, yeah. and then kind of tangentially, we've got, you know, a, a guy's dinner we do every yeah. quarter or whatever. And it's like, but those are such great, rich relationships, you know? And uh, because I also want, I want her to st- like always have that sort of, she's got such a big heart, but I also don't want her to be always the one that everyone depends on, you mm-hmm. know, that she has friends in her life that she can be peers with and mm-hmm. equals, yeah. you know? Um, I think that's just really important because I mean that in our, in our relationship, it's like we function as peers, but you're also exceptional at other, at certain things, you know, where I'm, 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 I'm less, less of an equal in those things, you know, well, and vice versa and vice yeah. versa. But it's just, and that's good and that's healthy, you know, but is there a, is there some way that you could recommend that our kids or really anyone can find a relationship like that? Like, it seems to mm-hmm. me that our life as it is right now, mm-hmm. 
so you and I's relationship in this podcast and my relationship with Allison and Charlie mm-hmm. and all these people, the, the people that are, that we sort of are in orbit with, mm-hmm. you know, like it wasn't always that way. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until, you know, almost like serendipitously, we both ended up at the same place at the same time and, <laughs> totally. you know, had started having a conversation that was really intrigued both of us. But, yeah. you know, how do you, well, can you seek that out or is it something that you have to stumble upon? This doesn't fit exactly, but it does make me think of that quote, luck favors the prepared. Mm-hmm. And there's something about cultivating, learning how to cultivate relationships. Like, you know, when I think of you, I think that's something that your parents instilled in you. Like, I, I, I feel like you, you through your parents understand what a positive and really good relationship is and, 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 and it helps you better see an, a healthy, unhealthy relationship. I think for me, well, I, I just told you what you thought, but like, <laughs> anyways, for me, I think in my college years, um, I got to be around a group of people that helped me to understand and understand what healthy, good relationships are. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what taught me to seek and value that relationship and to be able to put different relationships kind of into different categories in a sense of like, okay, okay. I'm actually in the, in the, in the place of giving in this relationship mm-hmm. and I only have so much to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other relationships that are more reciprocal, you know, right. and it's like, you're going to have a handful of all of those different types of relationships. Um, but I think, you know, whenever you do find those, relationships that are reciprocal and obviously one person needs more at one time or another, you start to see the value of how that builds you up. You know, somebody who you can go to the gym with and you're both, you know, pushing the same amount of weight or, Mm -hmm. you know, or at least challenging each other and you start to see that physically how that is helpful, you know, but if you go to, to the gym with somebody who's not your, your equal, then that can kind of be demoralizing or you actually go, you know, uh, someone says like, if everybody was the same, uh, Brett, Brett Wines is making this comment. Like if, if, uh, you know, the whole idea of equity and, uh, everyone sort of graduating at the sort of same level, it's like, but you're holding people, some people back that could be excellent at something. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know where I'm going with that now. <laughs> well, maybe I didn't land that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you did. That made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think that a healthy relationship, a good relationship is reciprocal, but I think it's even more than that. Actually, mm. it's, it's something like revelatory when, when you engage in a good conversation it isn't just balanced and it isn't just pushing both of you. It's like there's almost a third entity involved that's it's like there's a light that comes on. It's generative, it's creative. Hmm. Things new things come out of that. Which maybe is what that Bible verse that says wherever two or more are gathered together, I am there. Mm. That's a good point. That's really good. It is like in a good conversation with someone that you are close to, there is a spirit present hmm. almost. I, I don't know how to describe it otherwise. I get you. Yeah. Which fits into this whole <laughs> <clears throat> observation that I feel like at least I've been engaged in the in the uh the pursuit of reverse engineering religion essentially, mm. or maybe discovering it from thir- first principles. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that I look for when I am at sort of evaluating relationships or trying to decide who I want to spend time with, I look for that generative, creative, like light bulb that comes on when we talk mm. that I'm learning. And it isn't that you're teaching. Yeah. It's that there is, 
we're both learning at the same time. And what are we learning from? It's whatever that, that third sort of entity is or the light bulb or mm. the spirit or wh- however you want to describe that. Mm-hmm. And that's evidence of a good conversation I, or a good relationship. Mm. And there are other relationships where I'll have conversation with someone and it and the reverse seems to happen or the opposite seems to happen, which is mm. something is being sucked away. And it isn't that the other person isn't reciprocal or that I'm giving more than they are. It's that, it's that the the relationship is draining rather than mm. invigorating yeah. and empowering. And those I try to keep short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting too. There's something in this because I think generally you have to have a generous spirit in order to find to find those spaces because you can't sort of like comes to like in that sense, sort of like the, uh, is not a great example, but you know, you know, the mobster who walks in the room and he can tell who the other powerful person is in the room, you know, just by the look, Mm -hmm. you know, like, or, you know, you see in the movies that, you know, Oh, that's a killer right there. You know, and like they, Mm -hmm. they can, you can see that in each other. And I think it also happens in the sort of those who are hungry and, and wanting to understand and pursue truth, sort of like there's, there's usually less ego involved too, because it's not about, it's not about you. It's not about what I think it's about what is, what is the truth? And I, I think I understand this. Do you understand this? And then when you challenge somebody like that, usually it comes to, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like there's, there's usually sort of like some sort of admittance, admittance of, of not understanding something completely, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's another really great point that it requires humility. Mm-hmm. You have to have a, a, an attitude that says, I don't know everything. Certainly. I don't know enough. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, things I don't. Yeah. And I'd like to learn. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a, a, a willingness to say, I'm not sure even about the things that I think. Hmm. I want you to evaluate it and critique it and question it. <clears throat> I wonder if age comes into this. Like, you know, you and I go back to ourselves 10 years ago. Well, even when we knew each other, you know, I think. <laughs> I tend to believe I, we have a lot more humility than we probably did then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, I think I, f- I felt like I knew more probably <laughs> at that age. <laughs> You're a lot more, uh, I was going to say sure of yourself when mm-hmm. you're younger, but I think it's more like you're, you're sure of yourself, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hubris there. Yeah. And I find that I'm more and more okay with my, 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 my lackings, mm-hmm. what I lack. And in fact, our last podcast, I think it was about practice and I was thinking about that today and I was just like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm in that space where I'm seeing all the things where I'm lacking right now. Mm-hmm. And, but after listening to the episode, I was sort of like, okay, I know where I am. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it like it really did help me to to kind of reorient myself. But again, it's it, it, there's something about that you know I I love the idea of just getting lost in thoughts and ideas and but something about having this relationship and you know our relationship with Allison and our, you know our kind of people around us you know and yeah, like I had a business meeting with two guys that are. Um, what they do, they do really well at, and they were giving me some advice and, and I was just like, I could, I could really take that advice to heart because I know they had lived it, mm-hmm. you know, and you can just look on their face and you could just see all the mistakes that they had made. And what they're saying to you is like, Hey, here's what I've done. And not that I'm not doing this now, but here's what <laughs> I'm going to share with you. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it was just like, it's like when you find those relationships, it's something that you want to hold on to. Um, 
but there are times when we're just, we're, we're, there's times where people are just in need. Like I just, they're, you know, and so it's hard to like, you still have to, you still have to be open to those types of relationships too. Yeah. That are not just for you. Like there might be some relationships that you need to be a part of and, um, cultivate that are, you're more in the giving seat, you know, whether it be financially or encouraging or something like that. Well, you should have relationships where you're in the receiving seat too. Mm. I mean, that's the idea of a mentor Mm. or uh, an elder or a parent even Mm -hmm. should have those as well. I've always missed out on the mentor thing. Yeah. I always, I always kind of attribute to maybe my stubbornness or pridefulness, Mm. but I've never really had, well, I think I've had a few, but it was just kind of a little small, small seasons with a few people. Yeah. But I've always questioned whether it was just because I'm, I was just too, or I am still too (laughs) prideful. (laughs) I mean, just confession is sort of like, I feel like sometimes people are telling me things I already know. And it's like, and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to to take that. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it seems like a a true mentor is a rare thing. Mm. Um, and I think you you and I have talked about this in the past. That that's something that both of you, both you and I, have desired for in our lives and felt mm. like we never really have gotten. Mm. <clears throat> well, here's the here's the opposite question too. Is because like you and I are both. I mean, we're in our forties, you know, it's like, are we providing that mentorship to somebody else that mm-hmm. we wish we had? And I don't think I might do that a little bit with my staff and managers, mm-hmm. but probably not as intentionally as I, I probably should be doing. Yeah. Damn it. There's a, there's a admittance of, uh, well, you're in the space <laughs> of seeing all the things that are lacking. You have to go back and listen to this. And it's like, here, you which, heard that Michael, right. right? You said that, which means that you're surrounded by, Tons of opportunity. Yeah, totally. Hmm. But it is. It, we have we have discussed it on the on the podcast before about that that mentorship thing, which is which is interesting. But it does take special insight to to mentor somebody. Yeah, because you have to understand where they're at and what they need in the space that they're they're currently existing. But again, coming back to the whole idea of like, we need people, we need that sort of, um, to build a circle around us that is life giving and sort of, and so that we can go out into the world and mm-hmm. encounter it, um, slay dragons and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty badass. That sounds pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so many things this conversation has me kind of wheeling in. It's like you and I talk about, there's so many things you and I want to accomplish and, uh, definitely like this next year, I really want to figure out how to, how to do that. I think, I think there's been a lot of things that we've been building over the years and, um, it's like, I really want to see a lot of these things kind of come to to life more Yeah, to be really life giving in a way that's profound. Hmm. anything specifically well i mean for one you know i would just say with this podcast like i i I would really like to spend be a little bit more intentional with putting this out there and 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 uh being more public with it you know Mm -hmm. i think i think you and i number one, see this podcast mostly for you and I, right? (laughs) Like this is our thing that really helps us to like work through thoughts and ideas. But, um, it's like, I think it could be helpful for somebody else too, Mm -hmm. you know? And I would like, I would really love to, if that can be a helpful for somebody, then I would love to them to hear us struggle through things. And maybe that helps them get a leg up and where, you know, we can be their, their, their floor. (laughs) for, you know, to make a new ceiling for them. Well, it takes, I 
I struggle a lot with <clears throat> promoting myself, hmm. whether whether that's in business or music or, you know, I tend to err on the side of, well, if you make, if you build it, they will come mm -hmm. to use the field of dreams analogy. Mm -hmm. When there's something true to that, but it isn't enough. That's not true enough. Yeah. You also have to tell people mm -hmm. you have to build it and then you have to tell people and then they will come. Mm -hmm. And it's the telling people that's hard because, you know, so for the podcast, for an example, like week after week saying, Hey, listen to me and my thoughts, you know, it, it sounds vain and mm -hmm. it sounds arrogant. And I, I have always wanted to be careful not to be vain and arrogant, mm -hmm. but that's also not true enough because it isn't those things only mm -hmm. it's it, it has the potential to be those things but also it's sharing yeah it's like we've made something good we believe it's good but no one's going to know and it won't be it can't be known if it's good unless you go say hey this is good <laughs> i believe this is good mm -hmm. so i'd like to have a better relationship that, that with that too because I love these conversations and I do think that other people would like them as well. Yeah. I think and, it's kind of bad. You and I both err on the same side of, right. You know, it's like, you know, usually we all err either on the side of pride or false humility. And I think, mm. I think you and I both probably err more on the side of false humility. You know, mm. <laughs> it's cause like real humility is that is the balance between pride and false humility. And that's cause you have an accurate view of yourself and so that you can say, no, this is what I'm really good at. And this, you should, uh, you should listen to this. And it's, and it's a, it's in a very balanced way, you know? Um, you know, I, th I think that's something that something when you were talking about, you need to build something and you need to spend time, some time, some of it unseen in order to build something of quality. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you need to also, put it out into the world and have the world judge you. That's interesting. It's the same thing with Medici. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I don't promote Medici as well as I should. And it's part of it comes down to the false humility, the exact thing you're talking about. Right. But, but with Medici, it's like, Oh, that feels too gross. It feels too icky. It's like, no, we have fucking great coffee. And it's like, <laughs> we do a really good job. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. It's like, oh, no. well, maybe if I can try to build that up from first principles, because I feel like I have said this many times, but mm. there's this problem in life, which is that you have to do something mm. from the moment you wake up in the morning, you have to do things. Yeah. Like you don't get to opt out of things <laughs> that you have to do. So then mm. the question is, well, what, and there's more things to do than you can do. And so what should, then you get to say, well, what should I do? Mm. And you get to enact some agency and decide what to do you're going to do something, you're going to build something, whether that's a business or a relationship or a table or a song or an essay or, you know, who knows? So you need to decide what you should do. And then if you're going to do it, which you have to do something, right? <laughs> it should be good. Hmm. Wouldn't it be better for it to be good than bad, mm -hmm. generative and helpful to you and those around you rather than, destructive and evil. Mm. Okay. So then you go and you build something good. Well, then what do you do with it? You hide it. Yeah. You've built something good under a bushel. No, right. <laughs> I'm going to let it shut. <laughs> That's why I'm saying like, I want to try to reconstruct this from first principles. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming up to that, uh, that verse. Like mm -hmm. you don't light a lamp and hide it under a bowl. Mm. You don't go and make something good and then hide it. Mm. I mean, you do, we do it all the time you shouldn't, mm -hmm. you have something good. Like if, you know, a random person decides to with, with their necessary doing that they have to do all day, every day, they build something that they believe is good. That's good to them. Mm -hmm. And if I find out, Oh, you've had this, you know, it's like, 
if I find out that you've had this really good thing and you haven't told anybody about it and you've been sitting on it for five years, it's like, that's five years that that thing could have been blessing people, hmm. making people's lives better. Why did you squander it? Hmm. Or like when I tell somebody, like people are pretty close to me, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty close with what I do for the most part. And like, I was like, oh, yeah, I got a podcast this Wednesday. You have a podcast? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I want episode 123 or something like that. They're like, you never told me you had a podcast? I'm like, oh, I didn't? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really talk about it. <laughs> I've always envied people who are able to tell people about what they do. Oh, totally. Because I'm the same mm-hmm. way. You know, I, I, I find a lot of times same thing will happen to me at my job. Mm-hmm. It's like they find out, oh, oh, you, you're a musician? You make music? Mm. Can I hear it anywhere? Yeah, it's, it's on Spotify. What, you're on Spotify? <laughs> you know, same with the podcast. Uh-huh. And I think, like, why am I not telling people? Yeah. Like, I have things that I've worked hard on that I believe are good, that I like. Why wouldn't I tell people? Mm. Um, how can we get better at that? Well, also, there, there could be a part of it, too, a lot of to me, a lot of it comes for me is is how I frame it, and something that's kind of come to my attention. It was after I, uh, when I talked about the whole uh, how Jesus spoke in the temple and the synagogues in front of people. It's like in order for you to grow, or, or in order for anything to be great, it needs to be judged, and you have to put things out there for people to judge. And some of it you're not going to like, but you know, the whole idea of where, you know, how do you make silver more pure? You heat it up, you, you take off the dross, you know, it's like, it's like, there's something that, you know, if you have something good, I think the reason why a lot of us don't put those things out in the world is because we're afraid of being judged where actually we need to look and almost, almost, uh, savor that, hmm. that, that being judged. Yeah. Because it it will it will burn off the things that are not worthy and not good, and refine it to something that's even better than what it was. I mean, I do see that with like with Medici. I mean, in a sense, is like you know you're making this coffee and people are judging, and you know from 2006 to 2023, you know I can I can accurately and positively say, are we served better coffee than we did in 2006? Mm-hmm. But in 2006, we served the best coffee in Austin, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is, is if, if, I, if we just stayed where we were in 2006, that would not be true yeah, today. Right. And so there's something that you need to be out there and you need to be judged by your peers, you know, even by people who are not worthy to judge you. <laughs> I wonder if we need to reevaluate our relationship with the word judgment, hmm. like culturally. How so? I, we... That word is tin in general, we meaning culture mm-hmm. tends to think about that word as a negative word. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's true. Like, Hey, don't judge me mm. or, <clears throat> uh, you're ju- don't be judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, we, th- we think about it only in the negative, mm. but judgment is actually a virtue Yeah, to have good judgment, mm-hmm. you know, and a judge is virtuous. You should have good judgment. And not only should you judge, you can't not judge. I mean, it's like the idea of discrimination. Hmm. Um, And I think I learned this from one of the IDW folks, but, you know, we we tend to think that the word discrimination is a negative word. Hmm. It's not. For example, should you be discriminatory in your selection of sexual partners? Hmm. Like, yeah, because if you're not, well, what are you mm-hmm. like? Well, promiscuous slut, pimp, whatever player, fuck boy. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. You don't want to be that you should choose and, and judge who you want to be or, or discriminate and choose who you would like to mate with. Mm-hmm. So discrimination is necessary and good. Mm-hmm. It can also be sort of weaponized. And I think the same is with the word judgment. You should have good judgment. There are people who are unnecessarily judgmental Mm -hmm. because they, they are making 
um, judgments. Let's say they're not, they're overly, you could say they're overly judgmental or they're simply, they have poor judgment. Hmm. I make, you know, it's like I read, I, I judge a book by its cover. The problem wasn't the, the judgment itself. You should judge a book, but not that way. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not wise. You're foolish. Mm. You're, you have poor judgment. <laughs> That's so fascinating. I love, actually, I love that idea. Don't judge a book by its cover. It's like, well, actually, that's what the cover is for. It's to give you some idea of what's inside the book. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, I, I get the, the moral of that. Like, don't judge a, a book by its cover. Like, but there's also a part of, like, how you present yourself to the world externally it's right. like that that's the first thing somebody's going to encounter is mm-hmm. your external the book cover of of who you are right and there's something that like you need to because if, if you if that if your book cover is being judged like that then probably should listen yeah <laughs> a right. little bit totally you know? maybe <laughs> maybe your uh, book cover needs to be redesigned yeah i mean that's a really great point like if you have a really important book um I mean, I'll just use the Bible, for example, because that seems to be the most important book in Western culture, like whether you're a Christian or not. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you, what do you do with a really important book? Mm. Well, you probably are going to put, you're going to bind it in leather and you're going to put gold leaf on the leather and hand tool it. And it's going to be, it's going to tell you from its the way that it looks and the way that it feels, the way that it presents. A lot of care went into the making of this cover. Mm. And it was worth that care because the contents are important. Mm. You know, whereas <clears throat> I'm thinking as an alternative like that, um, <laughs> the sort of, I don't know what you would call the genre, but it's sort of like the... Um, the soft core porn romance novels that <laughs> women love to read, you know, that uh-huh. you can find on like gas station shelves or whatever. Totally. You look at the cover, they're all paperback, first of all. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like you could, you could build an AI bot that could just pump out those covers nonstop. There's nothing. They all look the same. They all look the same. Uh-huh. It, they're, it's all like shitty fonts mm-hmm. and, you know, Terrible a man and a woman and, embraced in some way. And yeah. it's, it's probably the same man and woman on every single cover. Right, right. <laughs> so you, you look at those covers and you think, yeah, this mm-hmm. isn't important. Yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't have value or that mm-hmm. people won't enjoy it. It's just that it presents much differently. Hmm. That's true. I think you could say the same about um, the way that you dress, too. Hmm. Yeah. What is it saying about you? What is it reflecting about what you believe about yourself? Hmm. I mean, I notice that, well, if I put on a suit, hmm. I think differently about myself. Yeah. It's not appropriate for all occasions. And I don't necessarily always want to think of myself that way, but it changes the way that I see myself or maybe brings out parts of me that when I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt, aren't brought out and mm-hmm. vice versa too. You know, if I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt, I've got a different attitude than if I've got a suit on. Totally. <clears throat> yeah. I've always wondered that for, for me specifically, I, I, I don't like clothes in general. I mean, not that I'm a nudist, but like, <laughs> I don't like, to, I don't like to think about clothes. <laughs> swallow my water. <laughs> not that I'm a nudist, <laughs> but, but again, I know, I know that's true. It's like, there's a certain part that, how you present yourself to people is, is actually important. Yeah. And obviously there can be the, the, the other side of that is like where you over represent yourself, you yeah. know, in that <clears throat> sort of like a hollow shell in the middle. And, and so there's something that, um, there may be points in your life where you need to be, you know, underrepresent your, your outside in order to build the inside, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think that's the part between pride and, um, false humility is like, hmm. it's like finding that sweet spot in the middle. I mean, I think it changes. It changes as you grow. I mean, I like the way you put that. How did you say it? Like 
while you're building the inside, mm. you might need to represent the outside differently. Mm-hmm. Like underrepresent the outside. Underrepresent the outside. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this, much the same way as you might um, put tarps up or a fence around mm. a building under construction. Mm. In order to build this properly, I need to I need to hide it from you, essentially. So interesting. There, there's all these things that kind of come to my mind, too, because sometimes you need to present yourself as more than what you are in order to become that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it be, you know, well, I'll put on a suit and tie every day. It's like, well, there's, there's something in that that's, that's some, some, something that's motivating me to be something more than I am right now. And I think we, we all do this in different areas, you know, where, you know, when I'm around certain business people, you know, I'm like, man, it's like, this person's really accomplished, you know? And like, <clears throat> it's like, I, I try to kind of step up to whatever that accomplishment is. And it actually kind of makes me a better person in that sense, you know? But then also I can kind of see the opposite of that is that it's a facade I'm trying to put up mm-hmm. that is fake. And mm-hmm. I actually need to practice more humility in this, yeah. this situation. There's such a, fine line between kind of fake it till you make it kind of thing. And also (laughs) being (laughs) acknowledging the reality is of your situation. (laughs) Right. Well, it seems like there's a constant kind of thing at play there. A a thing that we've said in a fairly recent episode is that everything is pretend until it's judged. Mm. And I think we have to constantly play pretend at things that we're not good enough at yet. Yeah but also submit ourselves to judgment hmm. eventually and say, well, I was pretending. I think the example I gave was football, watching hmm. middle schoolers play football. Hmm. You know, a child might watch his older brother play or the NFL or whatever, and they'll pretend, mm-hmm. but eventually they play an actual game and that's the judgment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really. Can you play? Uh huh. You know, yeah. Or are you still playing pretend? Mm-hmm. So I think we have to represent ourselves, represent ourselves in ways that are pretend. I don't want to say that it's not, that they're not real. They're not accurate. It's that we are pretending at something. And then eventually we have to say, okay, now judge me. Am I this or not? Mm. And I might be found wanting and then I've got something to work on, or I might be found, uh, true. Hmm. And now I've, the judgment has initiated me out of the pretend and into the real. And I've got to, and now that's part of me. Yeah. Now you gotta live up to that. Now expectation you have to live too. up to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of what kind of like traditional manhood kind of has. It's like, Oh, you're a man. We'll prove it. Hmm. And there's some sort of ritual that you go through that, that kind of like, whether it be a, a act of bravery or, you know, going <laughs> through some sort of, <laughs> it's like prove it don't die yeah oh yeah exactly i mean that's 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 a lot of like you know masculine um coming of age type of traditions right right. you have to risk your life Mm -hmm. i think there's something interesting about that especially for men that because you know women have some more natural aspects that that introduce them into womanhood right where men don't have that that part like we have to be called and goaded into waking up and right. Which is why the Neverland story is full of young boys. Yeah. Not young girls. Mm-hmm. Like males have it, have an ability to stay boys for a very long time. Yeah. But you shouldn't, mm-hmm. it isn't good. Yeah. That's a whole podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. What, 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 anything that you want to wrap with or what, what's, uh, anything that kind of all this kind of, I just, yeah. So I guess I'll say again, I'm just really glad that we're still doing this and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to another year of it. Can't wait to see where we are at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like to, for both of us to work together, to do more with it. Mm-hmm. We should tell more people. Yeah. We should talk to more people. We should 
not hide this light under a bowl. Hmm. And on that note, so any of you guys, any of you listening, uh, you should definitely go and follow Matt McCloskey at Twitter or at Matt McCloskey on Twitter and at Michael Vaklov on Twitter. So we're kind of doing this new experiment where Matt and I will kind of tag each other in different posts and comment on them. So if there's a post on Twitter that you thought was interesting or is, uh, you know, that you want to make a comment at, include Matt and I on those comments. Say, Mm -hmm. hey, like at Michael and at Matt McCloskey and then make your comment. And so that we can also comment alongside you, because I I think that's something that Matt and I are, are practicing more of is is just uh, engaging in in that format. So it is something like practicing speaking publicly. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And it's like, it would just be speaking to us. Obviously everybody else would see it too, but, but we would be interested in your thoughts and ideas on, you know, what are you looking at? What's, what's catching your interest and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> well, cheers to 2023. Definitely. We're doing it. Cheers to the shores. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. Love you all out there. Thanks for listening. See you guys.